On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. So today's episode of Innovation and Leadership is sponsored by Skillshare. They're an online learning platform with over 22,000 classes. I looked it up. It's business and marketing and technology and design and data science and web development. You name it, they've got it. The one I'm probably most interested in taking next is by Simon Sinek, the guy with that super famous TED Talk. Um, it's about presentation essentials, and uh, I'm just a big fan of him. I think it's cool they've actually got a class by him on the platform. If you want to check that one out or any of the other ones, um, if you go to Skillshare.com slash leader, our listeners get a deal. You can get uh, two months of unlimited access for 99 cents. So you get all these 22,000 classes uh, as much as you want for those two months for the 99 cents at uh, Skillshare.com slash leader. One last time, Skillshare.com slash leader. Check it out. This is Innovation and Leadership, where we interview Navy SEALs, venture capitalists, pro athletes, best-selling authors, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of high achievers as we can get to come on the show. Today's episode is going to be from our mini-series that we created with Corporate Alliance, asking top CEOs and executives and entrepreneurs who have had very large exits, specifically about their thoughts on leadership and people. Uh, Randy, when we were ending off there and part one, we'd, we'd cover a number of subjects about teams and, and some of your experience growing and leading different teams. Let's go the other direction for a minute. Let's talk about uh, some examples of maybe somebody you worked for that um, just by working for them, it made you want to be a better version of yourself. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great, uh, a great, uh, great way to start this segment off. I, I do think that I've tried to model my life after after people that I really, really enjoy looking up to and, and being with. And, and I've been on um, a board with Harvey McKay. He wrote Sw- Swim with the Sharks. Um, you know, he's had 17 New York Times bestselling books. But I'm on, I've been on his advisory board for the last nine years. And what I've, what I've learned, you know, from him and in knowing him is that, man, to know him, to love him, he's the most humble, greatest guy. He has a hundred plus million dollar envelope company. He, but he just gives and gives and gives. Um, if you need anything or if you need an introduction or if you need tickets to the Super Bowl, or, I mean, and he doesn't need to do a lot of this stuff. He will seriously find a way. Um, and he, he does it out of his way and you want to, you want to give back. You want to give back to him. You want to serve him. And I just, I've learned so much from him and, and kind of modeling my life after him is that, man, if somebody needs something, I am going to try to do everything that I can to, to help them. And I've tried to live the law of reciprocity in a big way, kind of from an example from him. Um, and, uh, you know, every Christmas I get a very personalized gift from him. Um, his wife made a jam and a whole bunch of stuff. And then they got us a, uh, you know, a rug from Israel when they visited there and had a whole story on it. And the thing that I do know is that he's not just doing that for me. He's probably doing it for hundreds, if not thousands of people all over the country. And yet when he calls, even if it's three o'clock in the morning and he needs something, guess what, Jess, I'm, I'm going to pick up and I'm going to, I'm going to help him and serve him. He's lived his whole business career that way. And he's one of the most successful men I know. 
and you know he's the one that's kind of like oh he shares me randy it's your 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 net network is your net worth and it's not who knows you it's it's basically who knows you and what they think about you is what matters most in your life so he's been he's one that i've really really just loved and love getting to know he's just an amazing human being so when you think about somebody like that because other people can buy gifts and other people can check in on somebody mm-hmm. what do you think it is that what do you think it is about the way he goes about it that's created this kind of reaction in you versus somebody else? Um, there, there is a strategy to it. I mean, you, you really, when you're doing a referral for somebody, when you're doing things for, for other people and, and I've gotten really good at this. I mean, he's, he's literally 80, I think his 84th or 85th birthday is coming up here in October. Um, he'll still use technology today. He'll do a video introduction for me with, Let's say I need to get in touch with the CEO of a certain company. He's like, Randy, let me let me call Jim. He's gonna love Scipio, and this is why he's gonna love it. He'll literally do it right then. He won't wait. He'll do it right then. He'll make it personal. He'll make it real. And the thing is, is when he does that, there's he has trust, right? So he can do it because that person trusts him. If somebody's doing a referral for you or doing an introduction for you that they don't trust, it's not gonna happen. So his whole life is with that. And that's why, you know, I think that, that, that it's successful because the strategy that he has is that, that, um, you know, everybody, everybody loves him, everybody trusts him. And and they know that if they're going to be sending me to them, that he's already vetted them out and there's that kind of reciprocity back with him. So, yeah, it's interesting that, um, how you can't, you can't fake the two way street, right? You can, maybe you can promise it up front and skate for a little while. But, um, you know, it, it, people who, uh, people who aren't worth their word get found out pretty quick, huh? Yeah, no. And, and I mean, a good example of that is now I I'm working closely with, uh, Brandon Steiner from Steiner sports, which was a referral from Harvey. Right. And so now Brandon is the most, and I love sports and I'm going out to see him on, on, uh, on Monday and Tuesday, this, this coming week. And I would have never met him if it weren't for Harvey. And now I've been to the New York Yankees games with him. We've, you know, I've got, you know, Matt Jeter to, uh, to, you know, played basketball with Carmelo Anthony to uh, Mike Tyson was out there last year. And we took our wives out and, and just all these amazing people that I've, I've been able to help Brandon and Brandon's using Scipio, our software technology company, because Harvey's like, Randy, you, you've got to introduce this to Brandon. So he's using it to communicate with all of his clients and customers. Every time there's a World Series or, you know, the Eagles just won the Eagles just won the Super Bowl. Hey, I've got signed Eagles posters from this player, you know, make sure you get them. And then just he uses it accordingly. And they feel like they have a personal relationship with with Brandon. And that was an introduction from Harvey. And now me and Brandon have been friends for, for eight years now. And every time I go to New York, I stay at his house. He won't let me stay anywhere else. So <laughs> it's, it's building those deep, meaningful relationships that drive value. So you can have a great relationship with somebody. That's just a friendship. But if you want a partnership, you got to be able to drive value for each other. And if it's a one-way street, it's not going to last, right? But if you can drive value for one another and help support one another, then that's a that's a business partnership and a friendship. And, and just quickly, for people who don't know how, about his business, can you explain what they do? Yeah, so Steiner Sports. Um, I mean, he's the guy that that uh, built. He bought the old Yankee Stadium and bought it for X amount of you know millions of dollars. Um, 
And then he's sold it brick by brick, seat by seat. He's made a ton of money just out of the dirt from the field. But he also signs all of the, you know, best players. And he's the number one memorabilia company, you know, in the nation. And so um, if you ever need a player to come out to your, ever need a player to come speak at your office, you call Steiner Sports and he'll arrange him to come come speak at your events. Or you want to find a Babe Ruth signed ball, um, you do it through Steiner Sports. And so he's built a very, very successful company that, that, uh, that, um, that he runs, and it's all around sports memorabilia. Very, very successful, and everyone loves him in New York. Everyone knows who Brandon Steiner is in New York. There's not one person that doesn't. And so and then in the sports community, he's just the most trusted guy. All the athletes trust him and love him because they know that he's going to take care of them. Interesting. So um, thinking about both those two that you just spoke about, um, is there any like tangible examples you can think of of um, here's something I'm working on about myself because of time I've spent with one of those two. Yeah, I think, I mean, some, some really good examples from, from both Brandon and then also my, my current business partner, Nick Greer, who who's had some great success and he's just an amazing man as well. Um, one of the most giving guys I've ever met. Um, I'll tell you what I've learned from, from both Brandon and, and from Nick is that, um, they will stretch you. And they will push you, and they will not be easy on you. Um, Brandon is not easy on his employees because he loves them. You know, he'll he'll shout from his office, "Hey, hey, hey, Roger, where's that? Where's that ball at? We got, you know, I got Jeter on the line. I got to get tickets for him. You know, he's like, where's that at? You told me you'd have it by Friday. You know, he's really, really super good at holding the line and accountability so that they can grow and grow fast." But he does it. He pushes them. But guess what? They all know that he loves them. And because he tell, I mean, he he's really good at recognition. But he, but they all of his employees know that if they don't have what he says that he needs at the time they need it, he is going to be holding them accountable. And he's basically he's, he's he's a lot like my dad that I respect a ton. He's like great leaders push you and stretch you to be more than you currently are. Right. If they just let you, if you're working for somebody and if they're okay that you just stay mediocre and they're not driving you, then then one, the company's not going to grow, but you're not going to grow as a person and you're going to end up leaving. So I've learned that a ton is that really, really good leaders, and I've learned that from Brandon Steiner, will actually kind of stretch you. And sometimes it will be uncomfortable, but you'll stay up late at night getting stuff done. You'll move the company forward. And at the end of the day, you'll get a bonus. You'll get a gratitude and and, uh, and things will be more successful, and you'll continue to grow in skill set. And so I think really good leaders help help uh, others be in the flow. And do you know what it means to be in the flow? Uh, t- tell me. Okay, so there's a really good principle that, that we study a ton. It's like you're in the flow, and you're the happiest when, you know, if you do a YX axis, if your skills are being – stretched if you're growing in skills and challenges at the same time then you're in the best state of happiness and where it's it's super hard but you're accomplishing things and you're being productive if your skill set's really low but your challenges are high then you have anxiety if your skill sets are really high and your challenge is low you have boredom and you'll soon leave so if you move those two together where your challenges are high and you need to have more skill set and continue to grow, that's where your employees are going to be in a state of flow and excitement 
And that's when you really get some serious momentum going. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> let's go for one more. Who, who's, okay. who's somebody else on your list of, um, they, they're just such an exceptional person. It makes you want to be a better version of yourself. Well, one other, one other person that, one other person that comes to, to mind is another guy that, that I learned a ton for, from, I, I worked with him for five years was, uh, a gentleman named Rob Ryan. Um, and, and Rob is another person that one of the things that I, that I most learned from him is that, that it's just as easy to think small it is, is to think big. So Rob back in 1994 sold, built a company from scratch and built it up and ended up selling it to Lucent Technologies for 24.3 billion. Um, it, it, at the time it was the largest, uh, it was the largest VC back deal that had ever been been sold. And I mean, he did that all on himself. And not only did he do that, he did four other billion dollar exits after that. And so what I learned from him is that not to play small ball. Um, you know, it's it's really there we only have so much time in the day. And I think about it, why has he been able to do that five times over? And there's others that's only been able to, you know, grow a $40 million company or a $4 million company. But what is it in his mind that he's able to say that, you know, if something hasn't been done, I can figure that out. He is the master at a model called the Sunflower Model, which is how to continue to innovate and ideate um, your product and service. Most people get stale. But I learned from Rob is that, man, if you're not continually if you're not continually thinking about how to grow your business and continually ideating and innovating new products and services, then you're, you're not going to last very long. Um, do you know if he has a if, website? <clears throat> what's that? Do you know if he has a website about it or anything? Um, yeah. I mean, if you go, um, I believe he wrote a, he wrote the book, uh, entrepreneur America. And so I, I think if you go to entrepreneuramerica.com, I believe that's it. But if you just Google Google Rob Ryan um, Ascend Communication, uh, you'll be able to find a ton out about Rob. I mean, he's just quiet. You know, he doesn't need anything. He's just he's just he's amazing. He's comfortable with what he's done. But I de- I watched him like really come and inspire companies and inspire people to think bigger. Um, and I loved it because one of the things he always said he said the hardest thing that I could ever do is I always hired people that knew how to think. You think about that as a CEO of a company, how many of your employees sit there and wait to be told what to do? He wanted to find entrepreneurs, not just entrepreneurs, but he wanted to find entrepreneurs that would innovate and ideate within the company and think of how to make things better, how to make processes better. And so um, that was one of the, one of the greatest lessons I, I did learn from, from him and working with him. You know, there's so many folks that would like to do bigger numbers or would like to think bigger or would like to help the people they work with think at that bigger level. Um, when you when you think about your own staff and, and helping them grow their approach, their perspective on life, um, any examples of, you know, thinking about the way Rob does things and, and whether it's teaching your staff this sunflower model or, or what does that actually look like, helping helping your team as well as yourself expand what's possible in your mind. Yeah. I mean, in, in it, in like, like you said, it's always, always easier, uh, easier said than done, but I think we're doing a, 
I think we're doing an amazing job right now. I mean, we are we are growing like crazy. And, you know, I think that we've been really working on the technology behind the scenes. And now now we've really kind of had our foot on the clutch for a little bit as we get product ready to launch. Um, and we're in a sweet space. And so I think that what you have to do with, with uh, your employees is have them literally be part of the strategy. And Nick does this really, really well. He's like, no, step back. Let them let them do it. Like even if they fail, it's going to be a better learning lesson than if you just step in and do it for them. And so you have to, as a leader, be kind of more of a shadow leader, because if you're always jumping in and saving them, you know you need to let people fail. You need to let them fail fast and then help course correct. But if you're, what happens if you're always jumping in? Then then guess what happens, Jess? But. Then, then they don't think. They don't think like Rob said. They don't get engaged, and they wait to be told what to do. Okay, I want to talk about this because there's there's such a like a tug of war inside leaders, inside myself, inside many of our clients. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you and I are both part of a corporate alliance, right? All the CEOs there, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this. It's like the the parental thing, you know. Those like you can either teach your four year old how to clean up the mess, or you can quickly, more quickly, do it yourself, right? And and sometimes you don't always have time for a lesson, um, but then I also feel like that can become a habit of just always do it. You know, leaders or managers always doing it ourselves. Um, any any guidance of like what your own internal uh, trigger is to know whether this is the time to just get it done for the deadline versus this is the time to let the company suffer short term to help this person take the time to grow and learn. Yeah, I, I really do. I think, I think you always have to think about the long game. Um, well, two things you have, you have to think about the long game and, and you have to be a really good mentor for your people. Um, I still, I mean, I know Ken Blanchard really well, we worked with him for years. One of my favorite books of all time is The One Minute Manager. It still is. Like if you haven't read that book, it's timeless. And it teaches this principle really, really well. How to, you know, catch people and recognize them quick, let them fail. Once if they do fail, how to course correct and how to be a really good manager and a mentor. And then you grow and then help grow your people. And so that that book fundamentally has been like you know, like a business bible for me when i'm growing and and teaching other managers how to manage right and so i think that sometimes you know if if your employees will be able to learn and think the problem is <clears throat> what i think happens more than often is that you have to know when you have the right people right so jess you and i have both been in the situation like if you can't change your people change your people so if that behavior keeps happening, you do have to let them go. There's been too many times where I've seen companies keep people on out of loyalty. Literally, I just had a lunch meeting today with the guy that's just like, I need to let my chief marketing officer go. It's horrible. He's my best friend. And like, we are not getting stuff done. And I'm trying to mentor him. I've let him fail too many times. And so there does come a place that you gotta, you gotta keep growing your people if you can't change your people, change your people. You got to coach up or coach out. And I do think, as a really good leader, you got to know when if that person's just not the right person, you got to part ways. 
But if they're willing to learn and if they're willing to grow, they're willing to fail and to be humble enough to continue to increase and grow in skill set and challenges, then you got a winner. And so I think I th I don't think it's so much of it's actually more getting the right people and training them. But if they're unteachable, you got to move quick. Yeah. So <clears throat> what about what about for those of us that really like the nice badge, the nice boss badge, though, mm -hmm. you know, what about yep. that? Like um, that feeling of like, man, I don't like conflict. And maybe if I just give them a little more time when when we're really kind of lying to ourselves as leaders or managers mm -hmm. in that situation, any any advice about like the hard right thing of the right thing for the business and the right thing for letting them get onto an opportunity that's better for them versus the easy wrong thing of avoiding the conflict and doing like, you know, that temptation that basically all of us as leaders have given into at some point of I'll deal with that later. Anything about the courage to do it now? Yeah. I mean, actually that's, I mean, Jess, I teach a ton on this and it's, you know, I, literally the friend that I met with at lunch, it, one of the things they said about him is that he was the kind of guy in high school that when he broke up with his girlfriend, she would go home and tell her parents when they ask her how it went. She's like, well, I think we're engaged, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> you have to, part of being a really good leader is being willing and able to do the hard things. When you know it's not right, courage is being able to do it because it's not if you keep going home at night and you're just like my gosh i don't know how to do this with jimmy i don't know how to tell him um he's just not cutting it you as a leader shame on you because you're hurting him and you're hurting the enterprise you're hurting the company and everybody around knows it and that's not good for culture i mean really good leaders address things quickly make decisions quickly and learn to move on. And I think that, that I, have, I was not that way at all, Jess. I was the guy that would keep people on way too long and be able to do things and, and continue to get taken advantage of and also hurt the company and hurt the person where it would have been the greatest learning lesson for them if I would have been better at holding them accountable and saying, if you don't have this done by this time, I need to terminate you. It should never, ever, ever be a surprise to somebody when they get fired or terminated, though. It should yeah. never be a surprise to them. And you need to like give the, give appropriate warnings and do it right. And that way, you don't you aren't the jerk. You're just like I mean, one of the things I learned from Rob Ryan when he had to do it, he he's like, "Is there anything I could do? Is there anything that I have done to not allow you to hit your goals?" I mean, that's a really good question, right? Uh, no, actually, it's my fault. That okay. So next week, are you going to get this done? And then next week, when it comes around, next week if it's not done, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to let you go. That person's either gonna step up, or next week when they come, you have to follow through. Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna help them be a better person. Yeah. And you're gonna help your enterprise. No, what I love about that is I think I think about both myself and a number of our clients over the years, and there's. I, what I see happen in my own life and others a lot is instead I see like a quiet resentment of you should know better. How come you're, how come you're doing this to me? How come you're doing this to the company rather than that upfront conversation? Right. Yep. And, um, and it's really not fair to them. Plus it's like drinking poison yourself. Right. Yep. Yep. 
Interesting. Yeah, it's like 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 drinking poison, wishing the other person would die. Yeah, but right. I, but I but I have found that that when you do do it, they said, you know what? I figured it's probably best if I do this as long as you communicate well, and as long good leaders communicate well, and there's there's never any surprises when you do have to make the the tough decisions because you've been clear with expectations. Yeah, well, and I think about like some of my heroes I look up to, um, mentor of mine back home in Canada, I mean, Brian, he, uh, I remember he was, um, the number one individual in the country for his profession and got recruited out to a really large entity. And I remember him telling me about letting somebody go. And it was interesting. It really changed my paradigm that he, like, he was brutally honest about the needs of the organization and, and how the individual who is letting go, wasn't getting things done, but it didn't have to be an accusation, right? Like it was just a conversation mm -hmm. about, Hey, can we talk about your results? Can we talk about what the expectations are here? And it was like this, it was like just a regular conversation about how it's not working out. And, you know, Brian ended up helping him find a different job, but it was like, they came to this mutual conclusion that this wasn't working out. It wasn't like a, he wasn't angry at this guy. He, he could even feel compassion. This guy's life was going to be worse temporarily, right? And still do the right thing for the business without kind of like mm -hmm. hardening himself, thinking this guy doesn't matter because he didn't perform for us, you know? And uh, anyways, it, I don't know if you've ever seen something like that, but it he set an example oh, yeah. for me at least. Yep. And, and to be honest with you, every time if it's actually done clear and done right, it actually ends up really having that, that person that either moves on or even for yourself. You know, have some really deep retrospect, and and uh, usually ends up being a lot better. You know, so so I I think you have to you have to think when you're a leader and you know that ha something has to be done. The longer you wait, the harder it is, and the worse it gets. So I found that doing things quickly, when you know, you know, and do do the right things and do 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 the things right quickly, and and it'll work itself out. Well, and I love that question from Rob about the uh, – it, it sounds like it was a genuine question. Like it wasn't a oh, rhetorical yeah. question. Like is there anything that I – because it's almost like acknowledging that he may have a blind spot. It, like the genuine question, is there anything that I'm doing to keep you from being able to perform? Like it seems like that question could be asked in a rhetorical way, but the way you described it made it sound like he was asking in like a genuine way of maybe he needs to take a look, look in the mirror, maybe – he hasn't had the full picture and just like willing to be alive to the situation. Is that, is that fair? Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly right. And, and the one minute manager does that really well too. If you, if mm. you read through that, like how to, how to communicate and, and how to do it. another great book is, you know, my next door neighbor is one of the authors of crucial conversations. That's okay. another amazing, amazing book that if you haven't read that as a leader or, you know, a CEO or, executive team. And I know a lot of this will go out to the C4 guys that I know. If you haven't read Crucial Conversations, that is that is an amazing book um, to read as well. Yeah, no kidding. Um, well, listen, appreciate all the time you've spent with us. Um, obviously, if folks want to see what you're working on these days, uh, Scipio.com is the place to go learn about how they can use uh, text messaging to grow their company. Um, maybe to close here, um, what uh, what's either one of the best pieces of advice you ever got or something you wish you could go back and tell a younger version of yourself? <laughs> That's a good question, Jess. 
So honestly, one of the things that, that I, that I've really learned in my life is, is, is two things, never be boring and never be predictable. Um, (laughs) so people love to be around people that have fun, that work hard and that just love life to the fullest. And so those are two principles, even with my kids, with my family, is that I try to never be boring and never be predictable and I'm never grumpy. So if I can do those three things well, then life is exciting. People around me love to be around me. And that way I can, I can really foster, foster deep, unforgettable relationships with people. And so that's my last word of advice for, for everyone especially uh, for, for all the guys in Corporate Alliance, never be boring, never be predictable, and, and life's too short to be grumpy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, uh, this is great. Thanks again. Awesome, Jess. Great to be with you. Bye. Hi. Welcome to the Subway ad for two ninety nine subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara. Cold cut combo. Veggie delight. Or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just $2.99 each. Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.